Bye, Jumbo. Have fun. Thank you for the jacket. Mmm. Oh. This mezcal is so delicious. Hello, Frost Residence. Do you like scary movies? Scott, is that you? Oh, I like this game. Um, yes. Yes, I love scary movies. What's your favorite scary movie? <laughs> oh, Scott, you sound like Logan. You want to hear something um, really funny and scary? What? I'm not Scott. <gasps> um, Namor? L Logan? Tell Charles? Me, tell me your name. This is Emma Grace Frost. Who am I speaking to? Good. Now that I know your name, I know who I'm looking at. <gasps> oh, which side? Is it my left? Please tell me it's my left. I don't know. I think it's... Yeah, it's your right side. My left is much better at this time. Well, the window I'm at, it's... It's very hard to get around. You're in a huge glass building on Kokoa. It's hard to get to the other side. Who is this? It's your worst nightmare. I want to see <gasps> what your insides look like. No! Oh, this isn't <laughs> funny. I'm uh, going to kill you. It's me, Ghostface. Don't you want to go kill Jean instead? Uh, what are you doing to my brain? Uh, uh, or Jubilee? Uh, or British Jubilee? Yeah, yes, dear. Go, go kill British Jubilee instead. Captain Britain Jubilee, please. Jubilee must die. What's her? Do you have her number? Yes. Are you ready? Yeah. Do you have a pen? I just, I have my cell phone. Five, five, five. Mm-hmm. One, two, three, four. Okay. Hello, Jubilee. Do you like scary movies? Thanks. Bye. Bye. You do look better from the left. Hello, everybody, Ooh. and welcome to episode 154 of CBQ Legacy. That's comic book queers. I am your ooky spooky host, Evil Jeff. And with us, of course, is the evil blood-sucking Brett. Hi, everybody. Uh, what you just heard is what would happen if Scream 5 opened with Emma Frost. <gasps> oh, my God. That might be how they're going to introduce the X-Men into the MCU via Scream 5. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm so excited. Only. I'm so excited for Scream 5. Did you see the interview with Jamie Lee Curtis and Neve Campbell, the, like, Scream Queen interviewing oh, Scream I Queen? I saw a, like, someone had posted it, but I didn't watch it. Is it everything? It's cute. I won't spoil it, but it's okay. cute. You should watch it. Uh, it got me excited for Scream 5. Scream 5. Hey, everybody. It's the Halloween edition of CBQ Legacy. This is going to be the most Halloween thing I'm going to be doing this year because of the pandemic. Yeah. Not going to be putting a costume on. This episode promises to be spooky. Yes. And we're uh, we're going to have super scary things and the X-Men. <laughs> <laughs> and X-Men. In fact, why don't we start talking about them X-Men right now? Mm, hit it. I want your face. Come on. Yeah. We are at chapters nine and ten. Yeah. Of Ten of Swords. Rolling along. Uh we're almost halfway through. I mean, this thing is this thing's moving right along. Merrily, we roll along. We're ten of swords. <laughs> so we saw what did we see we saw uh um excalibur number 13 yes give us chapter nine yes and that was by teeny howard and yes. Harvey silva yes uh and we saw x-men number 13 mm -hmm. um yeah we saw that one too and that was written by jonathan hickman and the art is escaping me right now um it is asrar Oh, yes, yes, yes. Who did um, X-Men Red. Okay. Yeah. Um, let's start with Excalibur. Let's start with Excalibur. Let's go in order of the chapters. Part nine. There's so this... Betsy, Brian, Jamie, and Saturnine. 
this finally gave us some Saturnine back. I, I just felt like there would be more of, of the Braddocks and Saturnine throughout Ten of Swords. I'm not complaining. Yeah, because especially because Saturnine has had a, bo- a lady boner for Brian Braddock. Oh my for God, so she's long. got the husband's bulge for Brian Braddock. For so long, it's like, we need to readdress that. And they finally, they do. Uh, I really love that. In fact, I didn't really realize that still after all this time, Saturnine's motivation is Brian Braddock's D. I know. That's her why. It's her purpose statement. I know, which is kind of like, I guess Relatable? that's not, I, well, no, I was going to say, I guess that's not good for the women's movement. <laughs> I mean, listen, back in the original Excalibur days when Alan Davis was drawing Brian Braddock, there were a few panels that tween me really liked. Yeah. Brian Braddock yeah. is a sex symbol. It always has been. I um, So here's the thing. This opens up with Betsy being super angry at Brian for bringing the sword, and they all seem to be fighting. And as we know later on, there's a twist. Is... Is this fight completely fake, Brett? I don't think Is this for so. the benefit of Saturnine? I, I think, don't think some so. of it kind of is. Yeah. There is an underlying issue of Brian wanting the mantle of Captain Britain back yeah. and Betsy being unwilling to give it up. I think that is a real source of tension between them. But yeah, a lot of this was getting Brian into her chambers, Saturnine's chambers. Yeah. And, but I feel um, like they were kind of winging yeah. it. Like, I don't, um, it didn't feel like they had this whole strategic plan. Like, aha, got you. The fights were fake. It was more like winging it. Like they had an end game in mind. And I think they somehow got there. I just feel, cause I feel it had to be some sort of faking because later on by the end, there's like a double cross that had to have been. So it was like, they had to have known that this double cross was going to be planning. And the reason that Saturnine, I think, felt so confident was she was just sitting there watching them fight each other the whole time. So I just feel that there had to be something there. Um, She was kind of using the the perceived tension between Betsy and Brian to get on Brian's side. Yes, yes. And um, you get some more, you can find some interesting things about the, the sword of might. Mm-hmm. Um, the sword of might uh, is very old. Um, it might be. Do you think it's the oldest sword? Sword as old as time. Forged um, in the fires yeah, of not? creation. Hmm. Ooh. And uh, yeah, because there's the sword of might and the amulet of what's the amulet of of right right amulet of right sword of might, which is interesting because. When this was created, English wasn't a language. So it's just such a nice coincidence that it rhymes now. I love that. <laughs> that worked out so well. That worked out so well. Um, and uh, and then there's Jamie. Jamie and his little griffins and his insanity. And, and I'm his just like, sinister cape and his Oh, that's right. He cape. is wearing the sinister cape. We need, <laughs> like, we need just, I want a whole Avalon comic. With just him and Captain Brit, well, Captain, well, spoilers, Captain Avalon. Yeah, so he benights Brian to be Captain Avalon uh, as part of this whole ruse against Saturnine. It's great. Yeah. Brother empowering brother. I'm just so, I'm just so, I'm just so jazzed for Jamie. Plus his mustache is kind of sexy. Super um, sexy. I, like, I like his swagger. Like, I like his, his, he's just... He's got it going on, but Jamie Braddock. Betsy right now. is going through it. I think Betsy. I think we need to address Betsy. Still, is not handling a being in her own body and b being Captain Britain. I feel like she has a lot to. She's trying really hard. Like she has like it's too much to prove. She has a really big chip on her shoulder. It feels like, don't you think? Yeah, like so, Evil Jeff. Like what? What's a color you don't wear? Like in your wardrobe, like if you were wearing this color and a lot of it, you would feel like not like yourself. You'd feel stupid. Do you have a color like that? Mm, I'm really trying to think of a color. I think the color I probably wear the least is orange. Yeah. Like for me, it's like 
any like bright, like I don't wear solid brights. Like everything I own is, I own a lot of like plaid, like a lot of denim, um, like a lot of grays and blacks, you know, with like whites. Olives but and like if I was going to wear mobs. like like a bold, like I would never wear like a bold oh, green see, sweater. I, see, I do that shit all the time. Yeah, no, and that's you, but that's you. Yeah. Like that's your, that's what you feel comfortable in. Can you imagine Betsy having to walk around in this outfit after how long in deep purples, tight clothing? Yeah. She's walking around in these, these robes, this regalia. I would feel like a fool. Yeah. Betsy feels like a fool. Here she is being this hero. She's a ninja. Yeah. She doesn't feel right. But that's the thing is how much of the ninja stayed with her when she split bodies? We don't really know. You know what I mean? Yeah. Did she lose any parts of the Psylocke we knew? Like how much of the Psylocke we knew was, was, was Conan? And, and that's the thing, like Conan, like does Conan know how to be a, a British fashion model? Maybe she does. Like we don't know Maybe what's left does. with her too. But I, I, I don't know. know. Like I just feel like Betsy feels dumb in that outfit, and I mean that like both literally, and I mean that like you know like metaphorically. We well, also have to think about like she's in Excalibur. Her brother over like it was sent over like Apocalypse is kind of she's like I'm Captain Britain, I'm the leader, and Apocalypse is like well not really, and then she's like my brother don't revive him. Well actually we're gonna make him the leader of this section of Otherworld, and then she's like well now I'm Captain Britain, and the brother's like no fuck you, you shouldn't be Captain Britain. She's like but I'm Captain Britain, and Opaluta Saturnine's like no. No, you shouldn't be ca- like she's just being shit on. Everyone keeps telling her, "No, you're not this." No, I you're just not feel that. like she's gonna hit a breaking point because right now she's just trudging forward, and I feel bad for her. She'll get there. It's Betsy. Also, I will say, uh, you mentioned this earlier, and it was mentioned. I listened to Brett. Listen <gasps> to Brett this week. Uh, Brett is in the Homo Superior podcast as a guest. Uh-huh. Talking about these comics and everyone <laughs> these kept very comics. And everyone kept talking about British Jubilee. Like they're not British. No, they're not. They just took the role of Captain Britain. Yeah. That doesn't mean they're, you suddenly become British. <laughs> they're alternate reality versions of our favorite Excalibur characters created by Jamie Madra- Madoc Braddock. Yes. Where Psylocke dies. Captain and, Britain and Gambit's very it. Cajun. Yeah, yeah. Um, but here's the interesting thing is Saturnine is like, hey, these are the new Captain Britain core. And she, she's like, but I might kill, I but she's like, but I might just kill them. She's like, they're abominations. They're yeah. not real. Yeah. None of these people had to choose between the sword and the amulet. So none of you count is where Saturnine is coming from. Also, Betsy, you already failed once. You were blinded by Slaymaster last time you tried to do this. So, so what are we doing? Yeah. That's I my Saturnine like, impression. I'm, she's like, I'm sick of it. And by the way, your brother looks really good. We're going to fuck. <laughs> she's like, your brother is, a, is strapping. He should be. Captain Britain needs to be strapping. As far as I'm concerned, I'm a gestrix. Make it so. And uh, but then she decides that Betsy Braddock is a rogue Captain Britain as well. And they're all thrown in a dungeon. Thrown in a dungeon. And then when they're in the dungeon, Saturnine's in fragrante delicto with Brian. Yeah, um, Gloriana is not going to be happy about that. Gloriana, according to her handbook entry, it's Gloriana. Gloriana is not going to be happy about this. So then all of a sudden, like Saturnine, like reaches down somewhere and pulls out the starlight sword. I'm like, where'd you pull that out of Saturnine? Her, it's made of her clitoris. <laughs> it's made of her sexual energy. Mm. She's like Brian. This is a sword of my sexual energy. Impale yourself. <laughs> Like, it smells fishy. No, that's too far. Okay. I'm... Okay, stop it. <laughs> As someone who's never been close to a vagina before, I can't Ew. attest to that. Have Nothing's you, have you done that. stuff with a vagina? No. The most Gold I did star. is I played doctor with girls when I was like five. Gold star. Yeah, me too. I don't have time for that. I don't have time for that. And Betsy doesn't have time for it. She's like, give me that starlight sword. 
Um, yeah, I love the part where she's locked up and she's like, oh, we can just go out this window. Oh, and Rogue's it. like, no, it's just like blackness and you'll get lost. And then Jamie is like, Jamie Braddock, like, he's like, just jump out the window. I got you. Can you imagine trying to rely on your insane brother? Like to jump out. That's talk about a leap of faith, a trust fall. Yeah, talk about a trust fall. Oh, God, Betsy Braddock with the ultimate trust fall. But hey, it pays off. Jamie catches her on his griffin and they go brian like just seduces her just enough for her to make the 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 starlight sword and so that's the weird thing is the starlight sword hadn't even been made is i guess is it something that's always been there or did she just make it and it's brand new or is it something like oh i have this and i put it back in my vagina and then i'll bring it out when necessary Crafted by Saturnine, the Starlight Sword was forged to arm Captain Britain in the absence of Merlin, Roma, and the objects of their test. Okay, made so from a yeah, chunk so, of the Citadel. So I think she just made it. Yeah, she just made it. and But they double-crossed her, and he's like, I'm going to take... Uh, wait, does he take... which? Wait, who takes which sword? Uh, Betsy takes Starlight. Okay, and then he keeps the Sword Captain of Might. Captain keeps the Sword of Might. And as, turns and into now he's Captain Avalon. Captain Avalon! But then Saturnine's like, well, give me give me that amulet back, you bitch. She's like a stepsister from Cinderella. That's my amulet. That's my sash. No, Betsy destroyed the amulet. And she destroys it before Saturnine can get it. And, uh, yeah, she's like, fuck you, bitch. And Basically, Excalibur is the story of Betsy Braddock being like, fuck you, bitch. Yeah, yeah. Fuck this shit. Um, and that's where it leads to her being put away. And doing her leap of, uh, oh no, that happens afterwards. Never mind. So um, she she's kind of like, I got the sword. She's like Shira, basically. Yeah. She's like, I got the sword, and you didn't. Uh. The thing that's interesting though is, if Saturnite doesn't, do you th- I, at the same time, because in the prophecy. The two, two, the two of them were listed, and both of those swords were listed. What else did Saturnine think was going to happen? Was she really tricked? Right. I mean, like, are can you she ever be tricked tri- when it seems can like she it, be tricked? Can it? Can she be tricked when they fulfilled the prophecy that she made? Right. She's like, I made these motherfucking prophecies. Betsy's like, I don't care. I don't care how we slot into the slots that you slotted, but we've slotted. But then here she walks in, and here's something that I find interesting, is I would love there to be a twist that Captain Britain, uh, Brian Braddock, is actually a mutant. But he probably has, like, a really lame power, like Kylan. Yeah, like he's just handsome. Remember Kylan could just, like, imitate animal sounds? Yeah. I want something like that. Um, because it is weird right now he's the only non-mutant which I find it interesting is they're all like oh we might die and I'm like he's always he might die if he might die he dies like he doesn't like all of you are bitching he's always I might die yeah so um, so now we're out up to seven we've got seven uh, heroes as we head into X-Men three down three left and here we we have two of them we In learn, X-Men, number 13. Yeah, we learn the history, the real history of Apocalypse. Another rewriting. I think this is a big deal. This, this is, is rewriting a big deal. 20 years of history of Apocalypse. Apo- it's, it's not even re It's like sort of like... Well, reframing. giving motivation. It's giving, finally, I will say... It's adding information. There has been an episode, I don't know which one, but something where we were talking about Apocalypse, and I'm like, he's dumb because why does he care? Why does he want, oh, only the strongest? Why? Why? Because he needs an army to Why? go get his goddamn family. Exactly. And it's the first time someone was like, oh, he may, should he maybe have a motivation of why he's doing all of this? Because before he really had no motivation and it kind of made no sense of why right. he wanted to do survival of the fittest. Why was anyone else. like, why do you care? Why do you care about this? Yes, exactly. And he's like, because my wife told me I was my wife my wife kind of emasculated me (laughs) and told me to come back stronger with stronger people so I do 
yeah, as we go into the past and learn about that, the wife was kind of like, you're the, is, is it true that he's kind of the weakest out of all of them? I That's guess. almost what that they were insinuating. Yeah. Which I was like, oh, fuck. Because she's like, you're not strong enough. We're going to handle this. You go there, get an army, and then come back and, like, rescue us. Which The then, only way you'll be strong enough is if you get an army. But here's the thing, then. If then, then why are they mad at him? Why did they stab him? If right. they're the ones that... T- I thought they stabbed him because he left him there. But they left, were... No, they, they tossed him aside. So why are they all mad at him stabbing him and shit? Because they are changed. Who knows what Well, I guess it's been... They've been there for hundreds of years, thousands of years. So what this... I'll, I'll cut right to it. What this issue added, which I was like, oh, because you know how I've been... Like these Araco mutants, why are they on the side of Amenth. Why are they on the side of the monsters yeah. who laid siege to their land and sucked them into a portal? Like, why are they fighting? Yeah, for I didn't. Those I, d- I didn't understand either because it seemed like oh, because in that one issue there was like oh, they're fighting against it, but now they're on the yeah. I was yeah, very but now confused. they're on its side, on its behalf. But here we have the god Annihilation, the god of Amenth, this mask, saying something about an offer. And I think it's this offer that's going to be the answer to our, why are they on the same side question. What do you think? Do you have any ideas what it is? And I think, no, but I think this offer is what changed them and made them horrible kids and a horrible wife. Yeah. That, that just stab their father, husband. Yeah. So Um, we'll see. I'm very intrigued. Yes. Um, and the uh, annihilation is actually the mask and not the person inside of it. The mask like channels an entity into you. Which is just begging that mask is going to be put on by someone else. Oh, at, definitely. And that someone else is definitely Mystique, right? <laughs> but this the thing is the person then dies who wears the mask. It's no longer that person. It's an Illyria. It's an Illyria. No, it's like an angel situation. Yes, 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 yes. I don't know. I don't think... I think Mystique is too selfish to give up herself. Well, we'll see. Uh, Well, then it's probably going to be Blub. Or Moira McTaggart. (gasps) Don't do that to me. Although, technically, if she dies, everything would start over. We think this could be her last one. Or it was... Oh, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. Do that math. What happens if Moira dies in other world? I think... That's, Do that math. Do honestly, that math. I, but that's the thing. If I were her, I would, A, I would resurrect Irene. I'd be like, put her in that little dark hole with me. Tie her up. Don't let her go. I'm going to burn her a bunch of times because she did that to me, that bitch. And I'm going to be like, hey, is this my last life? What's going on? <laughs> hey, is this my last life? Burn her. <laughs> so this issue, we go into the history of Apocalypse. What happened um, back when Araco was swallowed um, yeah. by the by Amenth, the world of Amenth. Um, we, we, we just learn about like the offers that were made. And, and, and we see the moment where Iska the Unbeaten turns to the side of Amenth, the side of the enemy, so she would be on the winning side. Yeah. So I think that was it. And we learn that Iska is the sister of Genesis, Apocalypse's wife. I wonder if Genesis, um, Apocalypse's son, or a clone, feels emasculated oh. that technically his wife <laughs> has his name. His... <laughs> anyway. <laughs> um, that's a weird coincidence. Yeah. That's a weird coincidence. Is that deliberate? Did he? Who named him Gem- Genesis? Genesis. He was named in uh, Wolverine and the X Men, and that was before Apocalypse was even back. Really. The fuck? Why is? All right. I think she's named Genesis because it's like Alpha Omega. Like he's Apocalypse. He's the end of everything, and she's the beginning of everything. But it's a coincidence. Mm-hmm. All right. So anyway, I think basically just... the so the story goes 100 of the Araco mutants their strongest 100 took it to the demons of Amenth and kind of like beat them and then the demons of Amenth came to Apocalypse and Genesis and the kids the four horsemen and was like we want to make a deal and here to speak to the deal on our behalf is our ma- our mask god 
Annihilation. Annihilation is like, hello, I'm a mask. Put me on. Okay, now I'm a god. And we have an offer. And Apocalypse is like, I want to stand here and fight with you. And Genesis is like, no, no. You must go out into the world. You are too weak to fight with us. You must go into the world and find the strongest army you can to come back. And I guess rescue us. In the meantime, we're going to listen to this deal. And he's like, what's the offer? He's like, I will tell you the offer. I will give you my name and passwords for Disney Plus, (laughs) Netflix, and HBO Max. And they're like, deal! (laughs) Oh. And then Gorgon is also... So Annihilation is like, I have an offer. (laughs) Annihilation's like, I have an offer for you. Wait, what did you just say? I was like, and Gorgon's one too. Like, that's just like... (laughs) Annihilation's like, I have an offer. And then Death is like, so make the fucking offer. And Annihilation's like, no, I want you to earn the offer. And Apocalypse is like, oh, I'm about to earn your offer. And Genesis is like, no, don't. Girl, stop. Girl, stop. Just go. Go, go. Um, um, so they heal Apocalypse. He's great. He's good. He's great. He goes to the Great Pyramids with Gorgon for some reason, because we got to get Gorgon in here. Because he has those swords. And he goes and gets the, the sword, which is four swords in one. He had buried the sword because he couldn't bury his own kids, his four kids. And then, no big deal, just destroys one of the Great Pyramids on his way out. He's like, fucking tourists. Fuck that. Also, that f- the sword is very heavy. Very heavy. But he's a big boy. He's a big blue dad. Like, the sword is like, as, to, as, as, as much as like a car. Yeah, it's a car sword. Um, also, Gorgon, I said, um, I'm reading Gorgon's line. He goes, looks like a sharp blade. I really thought he was going to go, dad. Why? I don't know. It just seemed like that kind of story. No, Gorgon is what they call in Star Trek a red coat, a red shirt. <laughs> yeah, just like Captain Avalon. No. Gorgon is that. there. Gorgon has been chosen because they need some characters to die in battle yeah. that no one gives a shit about. Totally. I'm just sad that they think that's Doug, too. No, it's not going to be Doug. Doug's going to win. Oh, yeah, because that'll be like the David and Goliath type of thing. Like totally. the surprise. But I, um, I, uh, maybe that's the one thing with Storm. Because who's up against Iska the Unbeatable? Oh, Betsy. Betsy. The other thing that could happen is if she realizes she's going to, like, what would happen if she realizes she's going to lose? against Betsy, what would she have to do? Because know how she just switched sides in order to stay alive? Yeah. There's something that might happen with that. Or Betsy might die, as we said last episode. Betsy's going to die and yeah, notice the, how they the core. Notice how they brought up the Captain Britain core That's out true. of nowhere? Right now, your prediction of Betsy becoming the new Captain Britain core across the multiverse might become true. Would love that. That being said... Um, we still are now missing one last place. We got nine of these babies. And did you see there was a preview of the new, of a new, of the upcoming issue? Where they showed the, where they showed who was battling who? No, what are you talking about? X of Swords Stasis? Um, yes. Did you see Number a, one coming yeah. out next week? Yes, there's a preview of it. <gasps> no, tell me stuff. Well, I'm pretty 100% sure. You're lying. I'm 100% sure that they altered the images because there is a big space missing and you don't see who the 10th person is. But then, the, so I, I have a feeling like they actually erased them out of the preview. Because it just doesn't make any sense that the because even when they sh- there's a there's a an image where you see um, it's like a mirror image and in the reflection you see 
the uh, it's all the the good guys, and in the reflection, you see all of the Arako people that they're battling against. And then there's one person standing, and there's no one next to him because the tenth person isn't there. Oh, I've seen that art you're talking about. Yeah, so that's the one. So I'm curious because in the previous things we saw Magneto. We did. We saw him in a panel in the tarot card readings. Yeah, so I feel like it's Magneto and the Cerebro Sword. Doesn't that seem like that's what it's yeah, going to be? Yeah, but Mikhail Rasputin has the Cerebro Sword. And Maybe it wasn't they listed. Go get it. And it wasn't listed. Yeah. What is going on? What is going on? Yeah, so on? there's three in the sigil. There's three spots left. And we know that Apocalypse and Gorgon fill two out of those three. We don't know who for sure fills the third. Because that's the other thing I realized is someone could just be wearing Magneto's helmet and cape. It's not necessarily him because it's just in silhouette. You know what I mean? Yeah. What's your theory? Who do you think it is? I mean, I don't know. But that's the thing is what, oh, what comes, what's the next, next, what, is there anything that comes before stasis or is stasis the next one? Stasis is next. What the fuck? It's, it, according to this list, it's the only book that comes out uh, next week. The only Ten of Swords book. So what is going on? What the on? hell? Are we just miscounting? No. Well, we'll see. Wait, well, that's it's Storm, Wolverine, Cypher, Magic, Betsy, Brian, Gorgon, Apocalypse, um... Wait, who am I missing? That's eight. Oh, shit. Yeah, um, I didn't think this exercise would go well. Oh shit! God, I don't have. <laughs> I don't remember anything. I'm old. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't even try. There's no way I can do this. Um, but it does show who's going up against who, too. So that's interesting. Okay. Um. Well, I'm very excited. I feel like we should move on because there's other things happening in comic books. Not just Ten of Swords, you know. Oh, who cares? No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> yes, we're, it's now a spooky edition of Gotta Get a Comic. Hit it! But you've got to get a comic if you want to get a hit. <laughs> Alright, so you and I read some pretty fucking scary comics this week. Yes. We have... Of course, our fave, Something is Killing the Children. Something is number, Killing the Children. Number 11. And then, Evil Jeff, you turned me on to some horror comics um, that you mentioned a few weeks ago. You want to talk about that? I, I will say, if you remember, I read them last Halloween. I brought them up in an, in an issue last Halloween. But this time I was like, I want to get Brett to read some of these. And it's a guy named Jinju Ito. And, and he is the king of horror manga, like horror anime, like just short kind of stories. And they're creepy as fuck. There is, there's making, um, there's one called um, Uzumaki, which is Spiral. And that one I didn't have you read because it's very long. It's about mm-hmm. a town where everyone slowly gets obsessed by spirals. By looking I did read at spirals about it. Yeah. and go and start going insane. And that's becoming an animated um show on cartoon on adult swim oh cool um oh wow that's been delayed because of the pandemic but should be coming out like i think in december or something but he is the king of just it's just his shit is just creepy creepy and they're drawn beautifully and they're fucking creepy what did you think of these brett I thought they were amazing i thought the stories were so bizarre and creative um and scary yeah. Uh, and each one was just fascinating. We read three total for this show. Yes. Uh, we read The Hanging Balloons, Army of One, and Layers of Fear. Um, let's let's do um, Balloons last, because I think that's the one yeah. with the most to dig into. Um, let's talk about Army of One. <laughs> And this is the thing that's so great about Jinjuitu is it always starts 
in this world where there's like something mildly strange and creepy and then it keeps on building until it reaches this like epic horrifying conclusion and in this one it's just a couple is found murdered sewn together to death with fishing wire and the art of the two people it's sewn creepy. like together their eyes are sewn together horrific. like it's so fucking creepy and this takes away the idea and then at the same time you're going into um uh a story of a guy who's like he's kind of a loner and his like high school reunions coming up and his old friends are like hey you don't talk to anybody come hang out with us but at the same time these people are going missing and as the they're going missing more and more it's bigger and bigger groups. And usually it's like... Don't. That are sewn together. So it used to be don't walk around alone. Now it's like don't gather in large don't groups. Don't gather. Gee, so it's like, that sounds familiar. What is it? And it kind of, it starts kind of sounding like the pandemic of how it's yeah. like everyone stay in your house. Do not get in close groups. Do not, like, do not congregate. Yeah. Don't congregate at all because people just disappear. Like the congregation of groups of people just disappeared or found dead. And like one group of their friends, he's like, hey, come hang out with us. All the single people for this high school reunion are going to hang out. And he's like, no, I don't want to. And the next day they go missing and they're found all sewn together in a tree. It's so creepy. Yeah, this one really hit home on the like this is just like the pandemic front. And but also the just the very idea of these murders where people are sewn together and then each time they find an instance of the murder, it's more and more people sewn together. And, and there's a plane and a plane drops these pamphlets that's like, you know, everyone's lonely, everyone join hands, we're an army of one. And they keep hacking radio stations and doing ads being like, join the army of one. Oh, so creepy. So creepy. Um, Layers of Fear starts at an archaeological dig where they Um, notice something unusual uh, in the ground. Yes. And that one, it's like they find all these weird layers and then there's like a baby skull in the center. Yeah, so the... Someone notices, like, wow, those layers look like the shape of a face that's emanating out and getting bigger and bigger and bigger, like the profile of a face. And so they dig and dig and dig, and it, it is just like that. It's like layers of a face um, just getting bigger and bigger as it goes up. And at the bottom is a, a, the skull of a child. And it's got the same shape to it as the layers of dirt above it. And then it just cuts to, like... 13 years later and it's the family of the man who discovered it and he's dead and then there's a car accident and the white girl's face is half ripped off someone gets their face ripped off the half of it youngest girl half of it and when they go to the hospital they're like her poor face is she going to be okay and they're like well here's the thing the doctor's like she had another layer of skin underneath her. <laughs> she had another layer of face underneath there. And so they do a CT scan, and there's just all these just layers of face underneath her. There's no layers brain. of skin, layers of face. There's, there's no, no brain. There's no organs. And the the like the um the mother screamed. She's like I forget the name of it. She's like a Baumkunchen, a Baumkunchen. And I was like, what is that? And it's a German cake made of flaky layers. (laughs) So I was like, yeah, that's exactly what her face looks like. So this, they, they um, established that the mother also really um, harkens back a lot to when this girl who was in the accident was two years old. And she feels that's when mommy carry me, mommy carry me. Yeah. Um, So the good news is, if you just keep ripping those layers away, layer of face after layer of face after layer of face, eventually you'll get to the two-year-old version of the girl. So she just so starts, that's what mommy does. The mom just starts, the sister walks in and catches her just ripping the face off, trying to get to the two, and the, and the girl's like, mommy, hold me, come get me. It's so fucking horrifying. It's so fucked. It's so fucking horrifying. And then we're and a, like... <laughs> Yeah, we won't go. We won't go 
please read it. Yeah, read it. We won't give away the ending because the ending is like so gross. It's insane. Yeah. Um, (sighs) Both of these, though, are steeped in like actual psychological, you know, like um, missing your the young version of your kids after your kids grow up. Yeah. Oh, you weren't like this when you were a baby, like that kind of yeah. <laughs> fucked upness. Yeah. And then, of course, the whole pandemic um, analogy of the first one. And <sighs> then there's the hanging balloons. And this is the weirdest concept. It's the weirdest it's thing the I've ever It's the scariest thing for me. It's so fucking Oh, it's so scary. scary. It's such a dream. <laughs> it is such a dream. And in fact, I read on uh, Wikipedia that he did say hanging balloons is based on a dream he had when he was a kid. Ugh. Only a dream could come up with this. Describe it, Brett. It's so weird. <laughs> so there is a very popular girl in, in this na- this town. She's a bit of a celebrity. And she's found hanged from electrical wire. Um, she's hanged with a, like a metal rope. And everybody thinks it's suicide. Then... There's a few more suicides and other, and people, you know, she had but there's, families. But there's also like reports that people are saying they're seeing her head floating around somewhere. In addition to that, <laughs> yes, there are reports that her giant head is floating around the sky. Um, eventually, our main character, who was this uh, victim's friend, also sees it. And then she sees her boyfriend go up to the giant head the and girl confront that committed suicide. it. Yeah. The head of the girl who committed suicide and confronted our main character, her, the, the friend, the girlfriend sees this. And then a giant head of his comes along, scoops up his neck with a metal rope. And this giant head of him is now floating through the sky with his hanged body dangling from it. Eventually this will happen to everybody in this town. <laughs> Yeah, eventually every person in the town has a floating balloon head with a wire noose coming to get you. And the poor girl is with her friends and they're like, what's that? Wait, is that our heads? And two of the girls immediately are hanged. Her one friend is like, they escape and they're like, help us, they're trying to get us. And this guy's like, I got it. And he shoots an arrow and pops the balloon of the one of the girl's friend's head. But yeah, then the, but the real life girl's head pops and explodes like, too. It, it deflates like a balloon, like what? the real girl. Yeah, it's <laughs> horrific. And it's, I think the scariest thing, because we open like in a flash forward scene where the devastation has already happened and our main character cannot leave her bedroom, but something with her voice is coaxing her to come out. She's been in there a week and she's starving. Yeah. So her, her own voice from out the window is like, I have food. So this is terrifying. Just like army of one, this notion of you cannot go outside. You are trapped the second you leave your place, you are going to be killed. And the other horrifying thing is you get to see one by one as her family all leave and get killed by it. Yeah. This notion of like you're starving and there's nothing you can do. Like this whole notion of this waiting game, this endurance contest. It's terrifying. Oh, and like the dad is like, I'll be okay. I can dodge it. And they just I'll watch guard him. my neck. And they just mm. watch him get murdered immediately. Like it's just horrifying. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, this is just so fucking scary. So scary. Um, but so imaginative. I mean, he's like like a Wes Craven. Fantastic. Yeah. Look up Jinjo E2 and read his stuff. There's hundreds, before there's November. hundreds of them. There's hundreds of them. And I'm telling you, I was reading some of these at like three o'clock in the morning last night. Probably not a good idea. No, don't do that. <laughs> but it's, uh, yeah, they're super, super scary. Scurry. Real scurry. So is Something is Killing the Children by James Tinney in the fourth. Something is Killing the Children. And, uh, and it's good storytelling. Everyone, everyone saw somebody, something kill the children. <laughs> yeah, so now we're no, getting it, to the point we all love in horror when it's anything like, you, didn't you see that? Can't you see that? Now we're at the point where people are seeing it. Well, they still don't and, see and the monsters. Like, this, this is happening. But they saw a little girl get ripped up. I wish at that point they did like the thing where someone just pointed at it and goes, something's killing the children. <laughs> Credits. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, but at least like I always, we, 
short story, my husband and I were looking for horror movies to watch, and we thought about putting on the new Invisible Man with, um, I want to call her Elizabeth Shue from The Handmaid's Moss. Tale. Elizabeth Moss. Moss. Elizabeth Moss and Os- Oliver Cohen Jackson. Yes, but what we were like, no, we don't want to because my husband and I both share an annoyance with the trope in horror of you're just crazy. You just need to lie down. Maybe you're just tired. Yeah. You're like, it's so annoying. Like, I'm like, can we just fast forward to the part where other people know that she's not crazy? <laughs> like, please. That's going to happen and in another thing we're about to talk about later and something. To yes. <laughs> and we're past this point in something is killing the children. Like the town now knows that children are being murdered by something fucked up and supernatural. Yes. And I'm like, thank God. Yes. Um, yeah, because the guy's just like, what do you mean? What am I supposed to say? What am I supposed to do? How am I supposed to keep him here? And she like tells the sheriff, she's like, they all saw a little girl just get ripped apart. Say it's going to happen to them if they leave. If they, don't, if they leave. Real easy. Real simple. <laughs> it's like, it's pretty simple. They saw it. <laughs> so we cut to um, the organization that Erica Slaughter works for, these monster hunters. Who, they're a little Hellfire Clubish. They all have their fang masks. Well, especially, on, like especially color-wise. Yes, yes. There's blacks and whites and associations. Um, so a higher up at this organization is talking to the highest up, and the highest up says to the higher up, "You basically need to go kill everyone in this town. Too many people know. There's too much record of this stuff." We're doing what we can on the internet, but you need, like, full lockdown, no phones, no internet. Kill them all. So she has a choice. She's like, okay, I'll, I'll do it. But she also Very said good. not to kill Erica, though, right? Right. They want Erica back alive. And here's the part that I find very interesting. She goes and walks, and there's two mm-hmm. doors, and one that says, what? what is it, white? What is the white? Black room and white room. White room and black room. And she chooses the white room. And I'm like, and what? she... Yeah. What she, is the difference or, or, between these two groups of people? Right. More importantly, she doesn't choose the black room. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. What is that about? Yeah. Um, so she's got this, uh, and they all have uh, white fang masks on. The white is this people. racism? So anyway, uh, Erica <laughs> and the kid are um, getting ready to find, like basically hunt down the monsters, I believe. Not escape. Are they escaping? She has to go gather something so that she can perform some kind of ritual or something. So yes. I think she's oh, like she's got to find that girl. Apartment. Yeah. She's got to yeah, find yeah, that girl yeah. beyond. Yeah. The one yeah. that was found in the cave to do a spell to take them all down. But right when they're driving away, Jurassic Park style monsters right outside the car window. <sighs> dun, dun, dun. I cannot wait for this TV show. I want to play Erica. Something's killing the children. Oh, I can't wait for the show. This I t- recently told so someone, good. it's funny, I was like, you need to read, because he was like, what good graphic novels or whatever should I read? I was like, you need to read Something's Killing the Children. And he was like, he's like, what's it about? I was like, about oh my God. something <laughs> killing the children. By the way, the artist <laughs> like, is, okay. the artist is Werther um, Deledra, and the art is so cool. It's perfect for the, it, it fits perfectly. Perfect. I'm terrified. Do we have more scary stuff to talk about? I think we talk about some scary <laughs> stuff we watched. <laughs> All right. Hit it. Someone who watch superhero sci-fi stuff with me. Brett, did you watch any scary movies or TV shows? Uh, I did. We have wrapped on Lovecraft Country, which had some real scary monster moments. Um, and, and some I real that boring watched... episodes, too. <laughs> That's true. I believe that you watched also The Babysitter and The Babysitter Killer Queen. I did. Yay. Um, all right. Well, Lovecraft Country. Overall, what did you think of the series? I think the problem with Lovecraft Country, it's, it's one of those things that it was trying to do everything in the book. Because the book was a bunch of different stories, and it tried yeah. to combine all the stories together. Into and one I think narrative. it suffered from trying to do so many things that it lost a little bit of characterization and motivation in the process. 
Yeah. Because they were trying jumpy. to do too many things. And but I felt like there was certain and which is why certain episodes were way better than others. I felt like when it was just because it I felt like when they were and honestly, I felt the weakest is when it was Tick and the other girl. Mm-hmm. I felt when the episodes centered like on the sister who could become white. Um, his niece that started being chased by Mopsy and Topsy. Horrifying. And the aunt who starts traveling to the Afro future. Like those were amazing. Those were amazing. When it went to the main plot connecting all of them, then it was like plotty and kind of boring. Yeah, it's funny. That was my husband's disconnect with the show. He's like, I just don't like Tick and Letty. Yeah, yeah, that was my problem. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And plus, I'm Uh, still disturbed that her brother... Um, it's just Jesse it's Smollett. Smollett. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. But yeah, there were some pretty great episodes. I will say the last episode I did think was pretty great. Yeah, it was great. Because the ending was super bold. Is the, is that the same ending of the book? Kind of the ultimate spell uh, that Letty and Tick were casting? Was that the end of the book as well? Do you know? I did not look. I, I, I'm not sure. Well, spoilers. Um, at the end of Lovecraft Country... Uh, it turns out Tick and Letty were kind of one step ahead of the villain Christina, who wanted to cast a spell to be immortal um, at the cost of Tick's life. Letty, after Christina did succeed, almost killing Tick in the process, Letty did her own spell that she had been working on with her ancestors and whatnot, Tick's ancestors. And that spell was to ban white people from all magic. I stood up and cheered. I know that was hilarious. It was hilarious. I was like, yes, magic is a black only thing now. I was like, that is the best ending for this show. But Tick died. Tick died. And this and Letty's sister died. Ruby died off camera, which was very unrewarding. And then, but that's the one thing. Does that mean that she wasn't immortal anymore? Because she couldn't use I, magic, or was she still immortal and then just couldn't access magic? I think my t- my understanding was that she had not quite gotten like she had one step left and to then become truly immortal. The niece now has a cybernetic arm and just like rips her. And that was that was another great thing about the show is that it, uh, Diana, um, the one that was being chased by the demonic Topsy and Mopsy, um, she wound up getting a robot arm and control of. The like the giant hound monsters we got in episode one, so she's got a robot arm and a pet monster. We're doing all right. I will say that Topsy and Mopsy, the idea of a demon taking the form of a stereotypical racist depiction of your people, is one of the most horrifying things Bro- I can think of. Yeah, it's yeah. so I mean, scary. It yeah, yeah. Uh, they, that was absolutely the scariest, and it had that whole it show. follows thing. Because they were uh, yeah. never running, so it was like, ugh. And while the like the the athleticism of the show, the bouncy nature of it, the like trying to check a lot of boxes nature of it, it, it like the narrative was loose. But I will say, it did give us a range of really cool moments, like that, or like futuristic sci-fi. What did you think of Blink from The Gifted? Yeah, I thought that was a. I, I caught up on that episode. I thought that was a good episode. She um, and the guy from Heroes didn't he was didn't he look amazing? He looks yes. so hot. Oh my god, he's like in his fifties. Yes. I'm like, can I look like that, yes. please? Thank Before you. Before you exploded. <laughs> my god. Um, yeah, it, that episode was great. She wound up having um, a role in the ending at the end, which was which was very cool. Um, yeah, overall, I thought it was a great show. Like, glad there's going to be no season two. It's not as good as Watchmen. But it's good. Not as good. No, no, oh, no. Oh, there no, isn't going no, to be no. a season two? I don't think so. I think it, it was a miniseries that was it. They kept saying the season finale of season one. That's how everyone oh, interesting. was saying it. So who knows? Maybe. We'll see. But I also and, watched... Oh. Go ahead. On Netflix, a horror movie from 2017 called The Babysitter. And one Yay. that just came out called Babysitter Killer Queen, the sequel. Killer Queen. Directed by the one and only McGee. <laughs> <laughs> I laughed at the end of the first one. I was like, wait, McGee directed And then you're like, oh, Charlie's that makes Angels? sense. And Charlie's I will Angels, say, McGee? I hate McGee. 
But for what this show is, McGee is appropriate. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. Like, this is just like camp fun comedy yeah, horror. unapologetic camp. And and we're, we're something where the... And the problem with McGee is he's the king of, let's do this crazy shot for no reason. But luckily, if you're doing a campy horror movie, you're allowed to have a crazy shot for no reason. Yeah. <laughs> so it perfect. all works. Um, yeah, this one, it's about a little kid... He's, I think in the first one, he's only like 13. 13, yeah. And he is scared of everything. Like it opens with him scared of getting a shot. He's so scared he still requires a babysitter because he's too scared. And of course, he's in love with his babysitter, the hot girl from Ready or Not. What's her Samara name? Weaving, my favorite. Samara Weaving. And so he's She's like in love Hugo with Hugo Weaving's niece. I just found out Hugo Weaving's niece. And who's Hugo Weaving? Uh, the like the bad guy from the Matrix, and he was oh, Red Skull. Right, 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 Red right, right. Sc- oh, I'm sorry. Um, oh god, the Australian drag queen movie. Uh, Priscilla Queen of the Desert. Yes, Priscilla. Yes, He's from yes. Priscilla. Okay. Um, he uh, and he has this babysitter, and then of course it turns out, uh oh, the babysitter is actually the leader of a demonic cult, and all of her friends. Uh oh. Are, are sacrificing a nerd and they need his blood, the blood of the innocent. And he has to get away. And one by one, he even though he has horrible, like he's afraid of everything, he has to overcome his fears. And, and one by one, he kind of by luck mostly kills everybody one by one. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, it was, it's just super fun. It's actually short. It's only like 80 minutes long. Yeah. It's like super succinct and short. It also takes a while before it gets to the twist that she's part of the Dynamic Cult. Evil. Mm-hmm. And they really set up how much he's in love with her and how caring she is for him. And the weird thing is, is she doesn't really want to kill him. She just no, wants... she just wants the spell, the ability to do magic. Yeah. And in the end, he uh, gets the courage to like go to his neighbor um, he runs to her, his neighbor for help, kisses her. So he's like getting his mojo back, kisses her, t- gets in a car, runs over the babysitter, wins the day, and has the girl. Yay! Fun, cute Yay. movie. Cut to the sequel. <laughs> it turns out no one believes him. And they all think he's crazy because her body's never found and she hid all of the other bodies. So they couldn't find anybody. And the girl that he kissed, she's now dating some big hunk, some Mm -hmm. high school hunk, some football player hunk. And and so and it's getting to the point where they've decided the parents who is what is it? uh, Leslie Bibbitt. And uh, the hot guy from the state, what's his name? Yeah, Ken Marino. Ken Marino. They've decided they want to commit him in a mental institution high school. I wasn't sure what that was. That sounded... <laughs> they were like, he has to go to mental institution high school. I'm like, that's not Yay. a thing. Nope. <laughs> I was like, but I'm going to go with it. <laughs> and uh, then... And so, yeah. But here's the thing is then, of course, the first movie, there's a huge twist. The babysitter he loves is actually evil. So were you seeing this twist coming when you watched this? Actually, no. Oh, I saw it a mile away. Oh, I was so surprised. Because she was so good in the first one. The I neighbor. know, right? Yeah, but here's the deal. The fact that she wasn't with him and she was with the jock. And then suddenly she's like, no, come with us. We're all going on my dad's boat. I was like, oh, this is setting up the same situation. So that means yep. they're all evil. Yep. And, and I and then evil. and she was she takes a hook kills the one friend like that's your sacrifice and now we need your innocence. I will say the second one I could see all of the twists coming, but I liked what the twists were, so I yes. had a lot of fun with it. Because yeah. there's also like another girl that's like that's like the badass girl like the the Eliza Dushku from Bring It On type girl. Yeah. Yes. And who's like and so she. 
it gets involved and kind of sees the body. So they're be, they're both being chased after and kind of, they hate each other, but they have to like, since they're running for their lives, they have to team they have up to work together. And then they slowly they start fall in, love. fall in love while they're, although, you know, as Sandra Bullock said in speed, you know, relationships started in um, strenuous circumstances never last, but um, <laughs> all the kids, like everyone gets, is getting murdered one by one by one. And uh, we're until it's just his the girl that he loved from the first movie is basically the main big bad coming to kill him, which is so crazy. So great. What did you think? I loved it. Um, so they brought back the cast of the first one in novel ways, which was great to see them because that's a real dumb cast of characters, especially shirtless Robbie Amell. Yeah, he's always shirtless. They even cut to a flashback Icon. where he's working in a in a a fast food restaurant, but he also doesn't have a shirt on. No shirt on. Yeah. <laughs> Iconic. Um, it's fun. And the other thing I loved that I still like the movie, even though Samara weaving is not in it in the sequel. Um, who was that? Point. Who was that playing her in the sequel? Oh, that was her. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, just, so she she's was not. Oh, okay. I was yeah, like, I thought that was her. She's in it for four minutes. Well, she's like, I'm famous now. I don't need I'm famous now. <laughs> exactly. That's Yeah, that was my point. I love how she's famous now. So. <laughs> but yeah, she she's comes... Like, to it for four well, minutes. Well, that's the funny thing is in the end, the twist is they catch him, they perform the ritual, combine the blood, and they drink it. But lo and behold, he fucked the girl before. So he's not innocent anymore. Yep. And so they all die, including... So watching his love interest from the first movie die a horrible death was just so strange. I have um, recently watched a number of movies where, ha ha, the virgin had sex before you could do the thing has played. There's the Jim Carrey vampire movie, Once Bitten. I need to watch that again. I haven't seen oh, that. Oh, yes, you do. I haven't seen that probably since the 80s. Oh my God, you have to watch it. Your, your jaw's on the floor at the humor. <laughs> Uh, and I just last night watched Jennifer's Body, which I had not seen <laughs> since it came out, which is also like... Is that Amanda Seyfried and... Yeah. And what's and her Megan name? Fox. Megan Fox. <laughs> yeah. If you have not seen that in a while, you have to watch that again. Um, but a lot of like, oh, thought they were a virgin and they're not. And now the plans are screwed up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Stop relying trope. on virgins. Stop relying on virgins. Can't you change the spell so it's ass virgins? Problems. Right. That was that's a line from Jennifer's body. I'm not even an ass virgin anymore. <laughs> There's a great comic by one of my favorite artists from Chicago, um, Ivan Brunetti, and it's the Virgin Mary hovering over a bunch of children, and the one children goes, "Wait, so you're like a real virgin or just like an ass virgin?" <laughs> <laughs> god, oh my god, sacrilegious! That is spooky. But the one thing I did not like is they tried to like redeem. The baby, the main babysitter from the first one in the end, and I'm like, yeah, she still like killed a ton of people. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah, she's, she's not good. She's not good. <laughs> she's remorseful, but don't trust her. Yeah, but yeah. um, it but was overall, fun. real fun. And, and like, I just love that tone of movie, like that yes. campy, satanic slasher. And honestly, funny. I feel this could have a third one with the two with the couple. Oh, for sure. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you because yeah. at this point you can't do the same twist again. So it's like let it be both of them, the cup, the new couple, and they get. I think it'll be interesting. Maybe their parents or something, or I don't know. But yeah, I want that satanic cult to come back. Um, I recently was flipping through streaming platforms to find more movies like this, and I stumbled upon something I might watch tonight. Have you seen it? It's called Better Watch Out. It's um home invasion movie that takes place during Christmas, but it's like, again, young kid and babysitter he's in love with. And he when has When was to, it made? Uh, I think within the past few years. Oh, okay. Yeah. I still it, need to see the Krampus really one funny. with Tony Collette and oh, Adam Scott. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I haven't seen that either. Oh my goodness. Um, so I've got that coming up. I'm going to be doing a scream marathon with, have you friend, seen Hush? Jamie. I love Hush. Okay. With Theodora from Hill House. Love it. And it's the same director. Yep. Mike McNamara. Um, Have you seen Your Next? Uh, I made the mistake of 
being like, oh, what's this about? And then I wikipedia the whole plot. And so now I'm oh. like, oh, I just read the twist and now I don't want to oh, see it. Oh, it's so satisfying. It's yeah. it's my favorite home invasion yeah. movie. But yeah, I want to watch Better Watch Out because it looks like that same kind well, of Well, the scariest home invasion movie is, what is it, The Strangers. Oh my God, yes. Because there's just, there's not a happy ending. <laughs> it's terrible. Yeah, there's one I terrible. watched it on a date and then I'm like, wait. They just died. They just won. Like no, the killers yeah. won. I only like I only like <laughs> home invasion movies when the when the the people who live there fight back and win. Like what's it? Funny games. I hate funny games. Oh, funny games is awful. I mean, it's hate so it. disturbing. Um, uh, but like Last House on the Left is good. Yeah, where the parents the purge the parents the purge is good. yeah the parents come back and just start murdering the people that kill their daughter. Yeah, it's great. Oh. Oh, I've been watching a lot of horror this month. I well, think my brain is screwy. But that's what you're supposed to do in October. It's a tradition. Yeah, that's right. What a tradition. God bless us, everyone. Trick or treat. Yeah. We don't have trick or treating. We don't have Halloween, so we have horror. Yes. But don't want. Don't do it at three in the morning like I was doing. Although the babysitter movies are not scary at all. No, not just how I honestly feel the scream movies. I think the first scene in the scream movie is scary, and nothing else in scream is scary. It's just fun. Nope, you're having so much fun that you're like, yay! (laughs) God, they're the best. Oh yeah. All right. Well, I'm terrified. Happy Halloween, everybody! Thank you so much. Listen, um, if you like the show, please leave us a review. Um, Maybe state a reason why you listen. Um, with hashtag why I listen to comic book queers legacy and please leave us a review or a rating. Um, Tell your friends to subscribe. Um, Don't eat candy. That looks like it was already opened. Listen to Brett on homo superior. Listen to me on homo superior X filled with subliminal messages meant to brainwash you and evil Jeff. um, What are you scared of this week? I am scared of my optimism of yes. this upcoming election. Me too, but please keep working. Please keep fighting. I just voted today. Yay. I actually, out loud, I said, fuck you, motherfucker, when I voted for Joe Biden. <laughs> I was talking to our current president. Um, uh, and you know what I'm afraid of? Afraid of people that read comics? I'm afraid of being queer. Yeah, me too. Uh oh, then you better not read comics because if you read comics, well, then that will make you queer. Queer, queer, queer. Woo! Bye. Bye.